Hello, this is a nostalgia week here at Black Tomatoes. We got Superfly, Incredibles 2, and some grown men playing tag. Stay tuned. (laughs) Yes, Curtis Mayfield. Hello, you guys. This is your host, Carla Renata. This is episode 17 of Black Tomatoes. And we're starting out with the theme song from the original Superfly, sung by Curtis Mayfield. May he rest in peace. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There is that. (laughs) (laughs) But now we're going to go and switch gears just for a second to talk about the other nostalgia lane that we're in, which is... Incredibles too. But before we do that, we're gonna introduce Scott. Hi, <laughs> My I'm here. Scott. We're, we're not even gonna. We're not even gonna give a shout out to uh, Superfly. We did. Oh, but, that's it. That's it. It's no more Superfly. No more Superfly songs. So just say who you are. Okay, I'm Scott Menzel <laughs> from We Live Entertainment. The other Scott M on Twitter. <laughs> yes. There you go. All right. So let's. I guess we could just start talking about the Superfly movie instead of the Incredibles movie. Yeah. So let's talk about Superfly. So the original Superfly um, starred Ron O'Neill, and it was all the craze at the time because it made Maxi Coats popular. It made that big old Afro popular. Everybody wanted to wear what he was wearing in the film. It made men with processed hair popular. Like it had all these trends that came out of the film. And it was one of those films that was that came out during the height of the black exploitation era of film in the seventies. At the time it was like the best thing ever. Looking back at it now, it's like, oh, Lord, what was I thinking? Right. <laughs> but now we have a new reboot starting, tre- starting starring Trevor Jackson and um, some other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, and Jason, my boy Jason, Jason Mitchell. Mitchell. Right. Uh, and, yeah, so. Well, Carla. Like, I don't have a Carla, whole lot to say Carla about this. Carla and I do another podcast together, which we actually... It's for our critics organization, the L.A. Online Film Critics Society. And Carla was on our special episode where we talked about summer movies. Yeah. And when we came to the month of June, we talked about our most our most anticipated and least anticipated film. And Carla said Superfly. And at that point, I didn't know anything about Superfly. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. Re- like, I knew it was a remake. And I, oh, but you, know, you didn't know I, anything I, about the original one? No, I knew about the original. Oh. I didn't know anything about the remake until that day when we talked about it. Oh. And we started looking up movies. Oh. And then I got invited to see this movie. And you are right on the money. <laughs> you are right on the money. There was no no need to remake this movie. You know, there are just some films that they should just be left alone. I feel like I haven't seen it yet. But not having seen it, I just feel like this is one of them. No, no shade to the director or producers or director X. or the studio, but you know, I just, that's just how I feel about it. It I, was you know. strange for me watching this movie because and it looked like the reboot didn't fall in line with what the the older version was. It, had, there was it some, looked like it had a whole new no, premise no, there's going some, on. There's some areas to that that are that are the same, and mm-hmm. then there's some other things that I, I heard follow the comic strip or comic book that this is based on. Yeah, it's based on the comic book. So, um, you know, for me, what was strange about it is that Trevor Jackson is really good in the movie. He, he's he's the strongest thing of about it. Of course the, he is. He's the strongest thing about it. 
But then they had casting decisions like Jennifer Morrison as a detective. And by like I was like, why is Jennifer Morrison in this movie? And it was terrible. But where the movie really lost me was they had this guy who, no lie, looked like Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> and he said that, and he is. opened it up, and like, wah, 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 the whole movie. I couldn't understand a freaking word he was saying. Oh, wow. And then they were doing, and, and, I, and listen, I understand there's a scene near the end of this movie that's very powerful due to, you know, all the pr- police brutality that's been going mm-hmm. on nowadays. But there's just certain elements of this movie where it's so bad. There's a scene where a cop starts singing Riding Dirty when he's inspecting the card the car and I'm like why is this in here this movie falls in line of so bad it's good or is this really bad you don't know and and that and that's really bad because it's not good at all but it also is a question of does it fall into so good it's bad or is it just a bad movie well I would be really interested to know from our viewers and our listeners yes. if you how you felt about the Superfly reboot and then we're going to show this clip real quick sure. so that you can see what we're talking about acting like they got something to prove they only want to hustle for the money and the flash there he is but not you you're special all right and that's all we need to see about that (laughs) all right so if you were to give superfly some tomatoes how many flying tomatoes would you give them one no Scott. really i'm giving them one Okay, when I come back. Okay, speaking of which, so I just want to address the fact that Scott and I have on the same clothes because we pre-taped this episode because I will be, while I'm talking and doing this, I'm actually at the American Black Film Festival. So we pre-taped so that you guys would not miss the episode and miss what's coming out in the theater. So having said that, we got Incredibles 2 coming up. Very excited. Um, the first Incredibles was off the charts. Incredible two, I think, was better than the first one. You really, I really do. It was really, really good. I love animated superheroes, and I said I've said this numerous times. Anything with talking babies and animals, I am all about it. <laughs> I love talking babies and talking animals. And in this movie, the baby wasn't talking, but he was doing some other things that just made me laugh out loud. Let's take a look at the clip. To make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? I love that. I love that Mr. Incredible's feelings are all hurt. And he's getting all up in his feelings. Because they want to use Elastigirl instead of him. (laughs) That made me laugh through the whole movie. Especially when he has to take over her mommy duties while she's off trying to save the world and do good. And I love the fact that the premise was bringing superheroes back from being banned. And I also love the fact that the villain was a female. And that for a minute, it looked like Elastigirl and the villain were going to get along famously, but then something happens and they kind of don't. How did you feel about this one? I thought it was only okay. I'm sorry. No. Um, Not even the baby? Not even Jack-Jack? No, no, no. No, (laughs) Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack was the shit. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Jack-Jack, like, elevated this movie so high like he was like the movie's here jack jack's here like you can't even see my hand that's how high he is um he was fantastic as a character he, jack jack. and uh edna was also great oh that uh, scene edna with edna great. and jack jack is pure comedy the the movie itself like the 
the themes of this film feel rather dated, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I made a very interesting comparison of this movie to Zootopia. Mm -hmm. When Zootopia came out at that time, it was very relevant. It felt fresh. It felt really risky and ballsy and different. And, you know, that dealt with, like, putting people in boxes and how police attack oh, yeah, like, I saw minorities. Yeah. I loved it. This one, like, did that too, but it felt dated. Like, it's like, oh, women are in charge. Like, it's like, this is about, like, you're a couple years late on this. Some The body cam thing, I felt like they were kind of late on that. Um, I felt like it was very much like Mr. Mom in a lot of ways. Mm. I mean, I did not dislike this movie. I, I, I think... In terms of a Pixar film, um, it's one of the weaker ones for me. But, um, you know, they can do no wrong. I mean, their weaker ones is like everyone else's greatest one. So Absolutely. it's fine. So I just, I just was very surprised that when I came out of the screening of this that so many people, it was me and Peter Scaretta from Slash Film, were like the only two people who were like, it's okay. <laughs> And, and, and my wife, of course. But, um, <laughs> Ashley. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, it I seemed, really everyone really it. seemed to enjoy it. It's interesting it. that you said that. I took my mom, and my mom didn't care for it either. No? No, which is surprising, because my mother usually likes, my mother's like me. She usually likes everything, but she didn't I, I she even didn't felt like the one. villain, you know, the villain, the screen slayer or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, it, that felt like something like, that was like 10 years ago. Like, like it's like, what is it? Like, we have a character called Screen Slayer. Like, who uses screensavers anymore? Like, why is this so oh, dated? you are funny <laughs> to me. All right, so how many tomatoes would you give Incredibles to? Uh, be nice. I'll go three and a half. Okay, I'll give it four. Okay. All right, so last movie we're going to touch on briefly today is Tag. Let me just tell you're you it. something. Tag, you're <laughs> it. This movie is about these four friends who have been playing Tag for 30 years and they usually have, as adults, they have narrowed it down to the month of May that they play Tag. Now the thing that's interesting and hilarious to me about this is that A, it's based on a true story. B, these grown men live all over the yes. world, live all over the United States. They got babies. They got grown children. They got wives. They have lives. And they are running around playing tag in the month of May. That is pure comedy to me. Let's take a look at the clip real quick. Friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. What? For the entire month of May, every year, we play tag. You're no, you me. me. You never know when someone's going to pop up. Congratulations, buddy. You're in. <laughs> now, I thought it's hilarious. Now, for those of you that are listening on iTunes, when he says, congratulations, buddy, you're it, he's literally in the delivery room when one of his friends is having a baby and yeah. tagging him while his child is being born. That was so funny. I had the opportunity to attend the premiere for this and do the red carpet, and the real guys that the movie is based on were there. They are hyster- They are just as hysterical as their on-screen counterparts. And it's just, you know, it's a fluffy film. Yeah. It's not serious. It's not trying to change the world. It's just fun. It's, it makes you think, what would happen if me and my friends played tag for 30 years? And I think the thing that's so endearing about it is that these guys found a way to stay in contact and be in each other's lives throughout their lifetime through this game. I think that's really heartwarming to me. I Yeah, I mean, that's what I think a lot of people took away from this movie. At the end of it, like, the idea of this is very dumb, obviously. Like, guys playing tag, like, what are you, a bunch of kids on a playground? <laughs> you know, but there's a, there's a level of heart to this, and it makes you realize that you're never too old to have fun. And I did love that about 
about this film. I also, you know, I really enjoyed the casting here. And um, I know a lot of people are going to be like, these people don't belong together because they, yes. they, they are very weird. It is a very odd combination cast. of people, but it's John Hamm. It's uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Hannibal. Hannibal Burris. Yep. And... Uh, Jeremy Renner. Yes, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. And Ed Helms. And Jeremy Renner plays the guy who's never been tagged. Right. So, yeah. And, and he it, the, he broke his arms doing this. Did, did you know it? No, I did not. He broke his arms. This, there's a scene where he jumps out of a window onto a roof. Oh, yeah, yeah. He broke his arms doing that, and they had to CG his arms for the rest of the film. No, he really? He did that a couple of days into into. Uh, um, I did not know shooting. this. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it, it was just a nice, it's a change of pace. That's that's the first thing. Like, going into this movie, no one could ever say they saw anything else like it. And it's just a buddy movie. It's a fun buddy movie. There's not a lot of, like, gross-out sexual humor. It's just guys being guys and just having fun. I loved and, it. And I had a really good time with it. I had a great time, too. How many tomatoes would you give it? Uh, four. Me too. I give it four, too. Now, let's talk about the news that hit this week about John Lasseter and him. He took a leave of absence from Disney Pixar because of some alleged sexual harassment. And then this week, it was finally announced that he's gone for good. And the backlash was some people threatened to quit if he came back. Yes. And some other things happen. How do you, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, real first, quick? first, he, he did get a producer's credit on Incredibles 2. And he was on the red carpet, but there was very little attention paid to him being on the red carpet. Usually, this all this splash when he's on the red carpet for the Pixar films, not this time. I mean, it's really hard because, I mean, he really is the man behind so many classics. I mean, you look at the Toy Story franchise, he's behind that. I know. And it's like, how can you, I mean, People do bad things all the time. I mean, it's it's coming. Everything's coming out nowadays because everyone's not afraid to speak up anymore. But it's it's kind of hard because now what do you do? Do you go look back on all his movies that he was a part of and say, oh, they all suck now? No, no, no. It's not a the 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 sexual harassment charges and the women coming to speak up. It's not about his art. It's not about his work. It's about him as a man of power in a position that took advantage of that power. Right. So that's what it's about. It's not it's not a reflection on his his legacy or his work. Of course, his legacy, like everyone else that has been in this position, their legacy is going to be tarnished. But it doesn't take away the enjoyment and the fun and the many lives that those films when they came out touched. I was still I was I was shocked that he was still attached to this movie. Like the fact that he even got a credit. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised because at that too. Here's the thing. Like once you mess up, you know, that's it. I feel like that that's the problem with with a lot of stuff in Hollywood is that it, there's there's passes for people and I don't and then there's not passes for other people and, it, and everyone should be treated the same way. It's like you messed up, this comes out and you know what? That's it. You don't work anymore. Absolutely. That's it. Done. Absolutely. Over. Well, you, know, it, you shouldn't reward people. Oh, you can stay until the end of the year. Why? I think they were trying Why? to figure. I think they were trying to figure out what was the best course of action. That's yeah. what I think yeah. is going down. All right. Well, uh, real real quick. Real quick. Two two, two shout outs to two movies that are in very limited release. Uh, one is on Netflix. The one on Netflix is called Set It Up, and it's with Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really love this film. Just a cutesy little movie about those two trying to hook up their bosses so that they can get some days off. 
Really enjoyed this. Charismatic. Both of them wonderful. Another one. Another Zoe Deutsch movie. Uh, directed by her mother, Leah Thompson, and written by her sister, uh, Madeline. I heard about this. Uh, Year of Spectacular Men. Loved it. Saw it twice. Really holds up. It's on um, on demand, and it's playing in limited release here in New York and in L.A. Cool. So we will make sure that people check out those films. That is it for edition episode number 17 of Black Tomatoes. I am your host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And for any of the reviews in written form from me, you can find them at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. And you? You can find me at We Live Entertainment, where you can find the interviews and my written reviews. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's the other Scott M. Great. So join us next week, y'all, when we talk about Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Damsel, and the King. Until then, Scott and I will say and bid adieu. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined! The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.